This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. The issue of inequality between men and women continues to be a hot topic on a variety of fronts. One of the latest is part of new research that has recently come uh, into our interest. Britta Glennon is Assistant Professor of Management at the Wharton School and part of the research team that has looked into this. Britta, great to have you with us. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. And let's start by talking about the thinking behind looking at inequality in this specific area, in the areas of research and science, and, and tell us why you wanted to go down this path. Yeah, so I think, you know, one important reason, of course, is just, you know, science and innovation are kind of a, a fundamental underpinning of economic growth, right? So this is something that I think um, we're all interested in just generally, Um and it's also an area where it has been pointed out time and again that women are really underrepresented, right? And there's, mm-hmm. you know, quite a lot of research showing, you know, documenting a lot of the reasons for this, right? Um, but most of those are based on looking at, you know, the observed output, right? So women have fewer patents. Why might that be? Um, and uh, so we do it in a bit of a different way in that we're actually looking at, you know, who even gets to that point. But I guess the the, the, the takeaway, or at least one of them uh, from this type of research, is the downstream impact that uh, that occurs in terms of women and their careers and the recognition that they may be missing out on because of some of these uh, events occurring, correct? Yeah, that's exactly right. So we don't, you know, directly study the impact on careers, um, but what we're finding is that you know women are you know systematically um, underestimated their their contributions to science are systematically underestimated they're much less likely to be named as, as authors on journal articles much less likely to be named as inventors on on patents and you know this this matters in terms of equity of course but it also matters because um, a lot of career advancement is based on these outputs, right? And so the number of publications you have, the number of patents you have that affect career advancement. Um, and of course, in addition, you know, if you are regularly not given credit for your work and you observe other women not getting credit for their work, you're more likely to drop out of the workforce as well, right? And so both of those things combined um, mean that we'd expect there to be pretty significant negative impacts on careers of women as well as you know even the number of women doing science and, uh, which of course then means there's less science out there right, right exactly and, and so you looked at this in a variety of fields of study and it appears that this is occurring across most of these fields it may be at varying levels but that the, you know this is it's not like it's occurring in one or two areas of study correct that's right. Yeah, that was, I think, one of the really strong takeaways for us is that this is incredibly systematic. It is across all kinds of fields. So it's across fields like, you know, engineering or math, where we know there are far fewer women. It's also occurring in, you know, health and uh, biology, where there tend to be a higher number of women. It's also in social sciences, right? So it's really across the board. You see this gap um, across fields. Joined by Bertie Glennon of the Wharton School. And so when you look at the research that is done on on some of these projects, you're talking about, in most cases, uh, a team of some kind 
that is putting this research together. And, and I guess in the end, it's truly not understanding the contributions of all of the people involved in said research, correct? Yeah, that's right. So we use um, you know, the, the primary data that we use. We use a, a couple different sources, but the primary one that we use is looking at the administrative HR records from U.S. universities where you can see you know, how much um, is actually being billed um, for work on grants in different teams and different labs, right? And then we link that to patent and publication data. You can basically see exactly who's on a research team and how much work they're doing in that research team. And then you can compare who's on that team to who gets, you know, the credit, right? Who's listed as authors or inventors on the papers and patents that come out of that team. So you can really compare, you know, who's doing the work right. to who's getting the credit. And so what we're seeing is that, you know, women are just not getting that set. That they're much less likely to appear on that. Um, and then when we look at surveys, which we use to, um, you know, kind of dig out these mechanisms as well as to corroborate these results, that's where we find that, that women are much less likely, much more likely, sorry, um, to say that they were left off because their contributions were underestimated, right? So that was kind of the number one reason that women gave for being left off of papers. And in contrast, for men, the, 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 they're much more likely to say that they were left off the papers because their contribution wasn't sufficient to get authorship, right? Um, and so this, you know, underestimation of their efforts seems to be, you know, an important driver behind this. Right. And, and so that even that, that connection with authorship, talk a little bit about the importance of that in terms of, uh, of the impact that that has on the potential, uh, I- I- the potential benefits for a woman being, you know, being noted in, in that level. Right. Yeah. So you know, in science, all of our promotion, all of our recognition, um, you know, advancement, all of that is based on what people are able to observe, right? And what they're able to observe are these papers and patents, and who's on those papers and patents. Um, and so if you are not, uh, if you don't show up on those, you don't get the recognition. And, you know, the canonical example that we uh, discuss in the paper is, is Rosalind Franklin, right, who, you know, made a fundamental uh, contribution to the famous Crick and Watson paper and was just never given credit for it. And so, um, you know, it wasn't until many decades later that people even really knew who she was. Um, and so that's kind of the most salient example um, but what we show is that this is not an anecdotal thing. This is really systemic. Can I guess maybe this is then could be the next step in the research here is taking a look at what the impact is from this data on potentially career advancement, on you know the impact of not being on a patent, et cetera, correct? Oh, absolutely. So that's one of the key research areas that we want to look into, right? So we we have kind of suggestive quotes from the survey, right? So there's, you know, here's just one quote, just as an example, you know, being left off of papers has greatly damaged my career as a researcher and my chance to get promotion, jobs, and grant funding. I'm still an academic, but in a teaching role, right? And so uh, this person, this woman thinks that, you know, she actually 
would be in a very different position now if she'd gotten that credit. Um, so we have lots of, you know, this, these suggestive evidence from quotes, but it really needs, you know, rigorous uh, empirical work behind it. So that's absolutely, you know, one of the next uh, projects that we plan to take on. So, so are, important. are there common reasons as to why this is occurring? Are, are there things that you can link maybe between different areas of research, some commonality as to why this is occurring? Yeah, so um, again, you know, this needs more research, but we used uh, surveys and interviews to try and understand, you know, really what was going on. Um, and a big part of this has to do with the fact that there's no rules around credit allocation, right? So a PI has, the head of the lab, has a, has a ton of discretionary power to make these decisions, and every PI is going to do this differently. And what that means is that it can really let kind of implicit biases come out. So we're, you know, we're not talking about a few bad apples or, you know, blatant sexism or something like that. It's just that when there aren't rules, you're kind of more likely to give credit to those who you're friends with or who are more visible for whatever reason. Um, And, you know, this was just highlighted again and again. Um, You know, there's one quote where they're saying, you know, each research group makes their own rules. And they usually change it to one manuscript to another, especially when there's collaborations involved. You know, this also kind of allows, you know, abuse of power, right? So some respondents wrote things like publications were used as reward and punishment, right? And so the lack of rules around allocation and and who should be getting credit is a big piece of this. Um, It also seems like part of this has to do with a lack of voice, right? So. Um, because visibility is so important, you know, if you're not speaking up for yourself, then you're less likely to be included, right? So, you know, another survey respondent said, you know, being a woman means that quite often you contribute in one way or another, but unless you shout or make a strong point, our contributions are often underestimated. Right? So voice was something that really came out uh, as well. Um, so, you know, these, these all kind of come around come to the same kind of argument around, yeah. you know, they're just being under, um, their, their work is being underestimated, but those are kind of the, some of the underlying reasons. I, I was going to say, with this looking more specifically at science and research, I think it, it, it could potentially open eyes for those in kind of the education community about the, the fact that this is occurring and, and maybe trying to look at a path of, of a way to, to be able to change some of these patterns in the years ahead, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, that's, we're really hoping that lots of people read our work for this exact reason, because we think a lot of what's going on is people don't even realize, right? People don't even know that this is happening. They may not be aware of these sort of implicit biases that they have, and so the hope is that by raising awareness, um, by having people think a little bit more deeply about how allocation happens, right. um, by sort of fostering an environment where people feel comfortable speaking up, right, these kind of are things that don't necessarily need a policy change, although I think there are some policy changes that, that might help as well. But yeah. these are kind of things that each individual can do within universities. But I guess to a degree, it also kind of reinforces the larger discussion uh, around this level of inequality and equity uh, between men and women, just in whether it be in the business community or, or you know, in so many areas of our, of our culture, correct? 
Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of a nice setting because you can, there's much more explicit output than there typically is, right? And so it's a bit easier to measure in our setting, but we would imagine that this kind of thing is quite common across yeah. settings, right? We don't think that it's limited just to, you know, the scientific community. Britta, great to have you with us. Thanks very much. All the best. Thank you. Britta Glennon, Assistant Professor of Management here at the Wharton School. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.